welcome back to Try Not To Die. I'm your disrespectful model, Noel Perito, and I'm here with our lone hero. Lisa Condemi, aka Gorgonzola, heading to Everhome without my mother's tome. Oh, I thought that was another. <laughs> the eyes you're looking at me are really <laughs> concerning. Because I don't, Do I don't want... have my mother's spell book. Yeah, I... Uh... Without my mother's tome at... Noah. Noah, wink, unless you wink. want to give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was winking a lot during that. Um, oh, well, you know, before we can even talk about the recap or the episode, I absolutely have to acknowledge the fact that we are in the newly renovated studio of the Mad Mage. Remember a month ago when we were like, we think this episode's going to come out after Noah's birthday. I know. Happy birthday, Noah. I'm screaming and holding all of my secrets inside during that <sighs> moment because- Lie, we folks. schemed to redo the studio while Noah was at work on their birthday, and now it is a, such a lovely space. We hope that you'll um, benefit from the the new foam pads that are on yes. the walls, all of the sound, the audio quality. Stuff. We got a rug on the ground now. How does the space doesn't feel? Kick guys? the door open as much? Like, yeah. how does it sound? How does it feel? Truly, from the bottom of my villainous heart, I thank you all for <laughs> your support, both through listening and Patreon. Patronage, especially, of course, thank you to the greatest people in my life, all of our Eldritch patrons, Keegan for your shout out, and our producer Patty Pat, producer Daddies Rose and Becca, who directly in- infiltrated my home and helped make this happen, and of course, my beautiful and brilliant besties, Lisa and Ashley. Aww. I've said this so much over the past few days, but there are just not enough words in the English language to describe how overwhelmed with love I am. So <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you all. If you want to see Noah's my mind. face <laughs> when they came in and saw that the studio was done, you could go on our Instagram. Let's do some upfront plugs for the for the Instagram because you'll be able to see all of the live footage and stuff of me exactly. being like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, and also thank you to Andrew from The First Watch who gave us a lot of um, advice about how to make the oh, yeah. um, room most soundproof as possible. Um, he's a, a sound engineer. So I came running to our uh, Pod Squad Discord when I knew that we were going to be doing this, and he helped so much. So check out and listen to uh, The First Watch. It's really cool. They also just did um, a one shot with um, one of the guys from Three Black Halflings. Um, very cool. Very fun adventures to listen to. Hell yeah. Big, I mean, we're doing our plugs up front right now. Right up Truly. front plugs, baby. Absolutely go listen. Well, I mean, hey, when you got a new studio, flip it around. Flip it around around flip the script baby well speaking of the script 24 chapters left the last quarter of the story (laughs) has begun folks it is time for the recap last time our hero gorgonzola led the after after party of her cultura south through the streets of affinage towards fondue me dirty hoping to create some chaos so she and her ally kunik could escape into the night Things started off strong, with the Stregorator <laughs> rolling two nat 20s to avoid elite guards, giving her a chance to slip back through the twisting alleys to inscribe a short but impactful message about her mother on the message pole. Those who are gone can never be forgotten. Those with one eye closed are practically blind. Long live Mozzarella. Though our hero was leaving the home of her people, she wouldn't do so without lighting a spark of discontent amongst them. 
Running back to meet up with Kunik, the two began to make their way to the southern gate, immediately drawing the attention at the first guard tower they encountered by using <laughs> Zola's gun to shoot a firework <laughs> into the sky. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, look, it was I a distraction. It. it was a distraction, but the roles just were not there. <laughs> Though they managed to avoid being captured by the tower, their appearance was noted, forcing the two to bolt. It wasn't long before they found themselves walking directly towards another tusk tower, forcing Zola to make a choice. If they didn't want to draw their attention, there was no way they can get by. Either they would reveal themselves and try and talk their way past, or leave Kunik to distract while she made her way further south. Taking Kunik's word that they would meet up later, Zola left her behind, letting the orc attempt to deceive while they slipped down a nearby alley, keeping still in overhead to keep tabs on the situation. Thanks to Kunik, Zola made it to the southern gate she had entered through to arrive at Nafinaj without any other issues. After making a quick assessment of the problem she faced, Zola spoke with a nearby guard, getting them to let her in and up one of the towers to do some stargazing, aka take a second to look for <laughs> Kunik from a high vantage point. While there, she noticed Stilton approaching fast, the familiar revealing that Kunik had run into some trouble, leading our hero to double back with this guard so she could, quote, meet up with her friend so they could keep stargazing together. These, you know, only in D&D where the roles really determine how much people buy things. Are you like, yeah, I heard that and I buy it and it's fine by sure. me. Sure. <laughs> you want to go back up now? And then you want me to take you down and, uh, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Well, yeah, okay. I mean, you're the boss. <laughs> Gosh, never in real life would I be um, self-confident enough to be like, can you take me up? And then be like... Can you take me back down? Okay, can you take me up, you again? Take me up again? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm way too much of a people pleaser to be like Gorgonzola. I'd be like, I'd either not ask in the first place, or by the time I got to the top, I'd be like, I'll just stay here for the rest. I'll just, I don't want to bother them. Maybe I could call down. <laughs> well, Zola met Kunik in the main street, the latter having been guided there by two elite guards hoping to follow up on what was going on, and the two were immediately clocked by Telegio, who had come with Farmus and more elite guards to find the Stregorede for Sacerdote Arjahan. Though he was clearly harboring some sinister intent, they managed to convince Telegio to stargaze with them, leading <laughs> him back to the top of the tower to do so. While there, Kunik and Zola pretended to accidentally fall off the tower, pulling Telegio with them, but casting Featherfall exclusively on themselves to avoid taking damage. The orc warrior crashed into the ground while the two landed unharmed, attempting to frame the whole situation on him. He was a traitor to the first might and was attempting to harm the Stregorede. He countered, explaining that they were the traitors, leading to a brawl beneath the wall that ended with Telegio's head tumbling into the snow below. Oh boy, gang. It left our hero at the edge of the evergreen forest of the Wilderwinter Wood, ready to flee as the guards atop the wall scramble to figure out what is happening in the smoke and flames below. And that is where we are right now. The guards are still scrambling atop the wall, 60 or so feet above you, some tending to the recently fired arcane cannon to ensure it is ready to fire again when needed, others still cheering and laughing at the wild combat, others just fully distracted by the the rabble-rousing that Zola has left behind her, starting the fireworks off that is incited essentially a, a citywide party. They are just kind of a mess right now, trying to quickly recover. Uh, Kunik watches as you begin to run into the wood, messaging you before you're completely out of range. I'm so sorry, I didn't get to hand over the map in the book. 
I can try to use them to frame this whole mishap on Telegio, though. Perhaps he was a secret agent of Mozzarella trying to convince you to join him. Uh, but you refused and struck him down, and now you seek to defeat your mother to solidify your title. Whatever works, Kunik. I have faith in you. And I you. You've already made such a difference in Afinash. Find your mother. Return, and perhaps we can change things. I've made a little bit of a difference. Now you make up that difference, okay? She mentally gives you a predator handshake. You feel like as if your muscles tense, like they're giving it. Um, And she nods to you and urges you to hurry deeper into the wood out of sight so she can begin to cover your tracks, so to speak. I run and don't look back. You hear calls from the back. Where is she? Where'd she go? Kunik calling back up to them, saying, Telegio's here. The Stregorete killed him for trying to betray the first might. She said she had unfinished business and ran into the wood. Drawing attention away from you as you run into the wood. You run and run and run into the cold night, the wind picking up as soon as you leave the home of your people who are still in the streets, drinking, feasting, and setting off fireworks and celebrating your success. The noises of civilization begin to leave you as you push south, heading back the way you came so you can loop around east this time to avoid Afinage's forces. I am basically blind, leaking tears as I'm leaving this place that I hoped I would be able to call home um, and just following Stilton as he like flies and weaves around trees and like leads me. My mind is just totally back with Kunik. He keeps hooting and kind of calling your attention so that you follow in the right direction as you run and run and run. And in no time, you once again find yourself alone. I kind of picture the map that I got to glimpse for a moment in Arjahan's office. Um, And with my keen mind, I will start to try and orient myself along with the stars um, heading towards her home and hopefully down that kind of patch of uh, land that my mother might potentially be hiding in. Since you're only going to be traveling a few hours before this camp, let's just do two encounter checks. Same rules as before, five or lower means something's going to happen. Anything higher, and it's just cold marching. Okay. First is a 12, and the second is a 16. You continue to make your way, still in looping back occasionally to check in on you, landing on your shoulder and giving you a little nuzzle before taking off again and circling above to help guide. You move forward deeper and deeper into the night and deeper and deeper into the wood until you feel like it would be impossible to look back and see the city that you had just left. Um, It is now time for you to take a rest and because you are doing this without any other help i'm gonna need a survival check to see how good you make camp okay i think i would like to kind of model my camp after the elven camp that i saw the elves build so i um kind of take some of my ropes and like still in um helping me with his like um nest building instincts <laughs> yes it, it, it really comes so quickly to him he's like, yeah. ooh, ooh, gesturing and like <laughs> he's shaking his me head like when you put something somewhere. And stuff, um, <laughs> so that i can kind of sleep above the ground camouflaged amongst the branches okay i'll say because Stilton is helping you you get to this is the first time in a while he's giving you the help action but yeah you can go ahead and roll with advantage thank you <sighs> unfortunately gang 
It is bad. I rolled a three and a six and I have a plus zero. You do your best as you, you know, settle into the higher branches of this thick evergreen. You're able to find some more supportive branches for, I mean, you are over six feet tall and Mm -hmm. built like a fucking brick shithouse. (laughs) Um, So your linebacker ass is trying to find a comfortable position up there. It is a little difficult, but you do find a place to kind of set up camp. That being said, as you begin to settle down for sleep and the night grows colder and colder, you're kind of feeling the wind get through the very few blankets that you've packed. You're feeling the chill begin to settle in. Stilton cuddles closer as you attempt to settle down. I've got Stilton just with his um, wings. His face is sitting on my face. <laughs> just fully and resting the round. wings are covering my ears like, like earmuffs. <laughs> you begin to finally settle down. Uh, and before you go to bed, I'm going to need a constitution saving throw. Okay. The DC is 15. Okay. Okay, I rolled a 15, so uh, exactly. 24. Wow. You hold strong, you know, perhaps it's the liquor kind of keeping you warm a little bit. Perhaps it's, you know, the, the insane adrenaline that you have probably just yeah. fading off now. But you do kind of resist the cold as it tries to almost burrow deep into your bones. I feel cold, but Zola is very out of her body, just just replaying the events that happened to me tonight, I keep seeing the vision of Telegio's head lopping off and turning the snow red uh, to the point where I don't really know if I'm shivering from the cold or if I'm just shivering from like the sheer rush of a night that I had. Mm. You continue to hold tight to Stilton and your bedroll climbed high in this tree. You begin to fall to sleep. Stilton. You know what to do if anyone, you know, tries to kill us. Ooh, ooh. And he conveys uh, <laughs> desperately about how he feels like he failed you last time when you got put oh. in the dimensional shackles. And he's like, I, I, you know, I was scouting and I just, I, I messed up. No, you're such a good little bird. You, you know exactly what you're doing. Ooh. Ooh. As you begin to drift off to sleep, your dreams begin filled with flashes of visions from the past. The Astral Sea, Grumsh's Keep, the burning battlefield, the shadow of your mother in the distance charging Aurelius, Limburger corrupting the Shard, your mother leaving Afinash, the Elvish Gate, Edgefall, the Shard. So much has happened, and yet there is still so much left. At least you think you're heading in the right direction. The night takes you And like so many nights before, you find yourself falling down, 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 until you land on your feet in the void once more, not crashing this time as you've begun to get more comfortable in this space. The darkness feels less terrifying now, less empty and more open. And as you stand there, a familiar voice breaks through. They grow up so fast. First you are given Grumsh's gift, then you go through your Kotora? You truly are a mighty orc. I'm glad you finally see it. You turn and see the tall but slightly hunched frame of Limburger, his decaying skin flaking off into the darkness, his sunken eyes, one lower than the other, glowing a dull, sickly green. You look awful. 
Wow, really? We're judging appearances now? That's a little lowbrow for you. Your skin is coming off, man. There's not a lot of moisturizer in it. In it. You know what? I don't have to explain this to you. My skin is none of your concern. We... You know what? I am... I'm above this. How are our people? How is your mother? Our people are... Well... I would call it... Misled? They seem to be in... A much different state, I would think, than when you were last there. I can only imagine. And your mother? No, she wasn't there. She had other things to do, places to be. I did meet um my my uh, next of kin though. Ardron. Your friend then? The bastard actually did it, didn't he? Your mother wasn't there. And he mm. must have been in charge. So you don't know a whole lot, do you? Busy these days. Years. Yeah. Decades. I kind of thought so. How's the shard doing? It seems our mutual friend isn't opposed to us speaking anymore, so... I think they're doing quite well. We've grown quite close in these past few years. Your mutual friend? Our mutual friend. You, me, the shard is our meet. Oh. You... Because I'm friends with them now. I thought you were saying you're and the shard's mutual friend. It's confusing. Yeah, you know, I see the wording now, and I think that, you know, the point we're is... We're on the same page we now. We are on the same page now, yes. So, let's talk. Ardrahan has ousted your mother, I'm presuming? She wasn't always fond of my ideas, and mm. she was quite the stubborn student when I knew her, so it oh, doesn't really? shock me. Oh, really? You were a teacher? Yes. Oh, and, and how was she? Brilliant, but short-sighted. Mm. For up-close up vision or distant vision? Far-sighted or near-sighted? Oh, she, she was, uh, oh, which one is the, f you can't see things far away? Near-sighted. She was nearsighted. Interesting. So short-sighted, both in the metaphorical sense and then also literally. Yes. So I can admit some things, especially at night when no one's around to hear it. I might have gotten off to hasty assumptions about you. What exactly is it that my mother didn't see? Help, help me to see. Because right now I don't see. Your mother failed to understand the truth that was given to us when we were brought to this plane. That our true nature is to control and rule by strength and strength alone. And I think that your mother would have preferred to follow the path of her father, your grandfather. But Ardrahan and the others, they understood. They understood that in order for us to survive, we could not have enemies. In order for us to prosper, those enemies would have to fall in line. 
Hmm. Rule by strength alone. So how do we factor into that you being a mage, right? I mean, look at you. You can barely stand up. Your skin is falling off. Clearly, your talents here are not physical strength. So are you a failure? My arcane strength more than makes up for any sort of physical weakness that you may describe. I also am not so weak. I'm, and you see, he flexes, and though <laughs> and though he is definitely decomposing, I mean, he's he's built like an orc, so he's a, yeah. he's a big guy. But as he flexes, you see the skin tears on the muscle. He flexes and goes, "I, I am not a weakness You're or a failure. Rumored I, arcane strength." Because again, you are flying in space in a gem. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make sure that we're on the same page here. By the way, you mind if I get my portents real quick? You can use this space how you like when we are done. <laughs> <laughs> Raising your hand, hand trying to grab at <laughs> psychic visions. <laughs> Hold on. I'm paying attention to you. I really am. Um, focus up. <laughs> the path has been laid before you. You have followed it, and that is what is important. Soon enough, you will see my power. Soon enough, you will see his power. And when that time comes, well, and he looks at your red eye, I know that you'll fall in line. All right, I can't wait to see it. I've got both eyes open. The two of you stare at each other for a moment. And as you do, you can almost hear the echoes of screams and violence familiar to the fortress of Grimsh. He smiles. The Shard was right to put their faith in you. I'm eager to see what we can do together. Can I ask what happened to you? Give me a persuasion check with advantage. Not 20. Limburger begins to walk, almost circling you. When I left for Maji, I understood that there was no point in delaying or trying to work with those who would work against us, who would deliberately undermine us. I saw the truth that we had turned from the ways of the mighty and that we would lose if we did not act. So I acted. I went south. I took my ship and my men and we sailed. Oh, that was your ship. It was. Those were my men as well. Rough shape. Sorry about those guys. Yes, me as well. It is unfortunate that our return journey did not go as planned, but... So you made it south to, what was it, Nula Voidmaker? Yes, we traveled through Felicity Bay and crossed over to navigate far, far south until we arrived at the Pale Wastes. From there, I continued the journey myself while they waited. I traveled 
far south, further and further through the wastes, until I saw it. Deathbright Spire, the home of Nula, the Voidmaker, the first Lich. I traveled there to seek power. She herself had strived to cure death, eliminate it entirely. Through her folly, she unfortunately failed, leading to, well, the creation of the Pale Wastes. But I had heard that she had made a gem as a result of those experiments and those failures. The gem undying. So I journeyed there and I found her. And I learned from her. I told her that I wanted to help my people to make them strong and protect them from death. The death I knew would be coming. And she fell for it hook, line, and sinker. I managed to defeat her, reclaim the gem undying, and rejoin my men. But we were stopped. Halfway through our travel back north to Fermaggi, we were stopped by that wretched Leonel mage, brother to the previous king. Struck me down, not before I got him as well. Trapped me inside the, the gem undying. And so my story ended there. Until you came along. And your little goblin friend as well. And you put me right back on the path. That is some story. Can I do an insight check? Yeah. A good one, right? Well-paced. Very, very interesting. Kind of. Gets weird in the middle where you just what? are in a gem for a little bit. That's part of the hero's journey, I feel like. I mean, I don't know, but... The hero's journey? Yes, I am a hero, Gorgonzola. Whoa. When will you realize that I am here to save our people, to save you? I'm glad that you followed the path so far. You must remain. You're I... not anywhere. You're, you're in my dreams right now. I got an 18 on my insight. I specifically am trying to um, listen if I think if he is keeping anything out of the story or deceiving me at all when it comes to the events of this tale. I think the only thing that you draw notice to is the details surrounding his acquisition of the gem undying. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you believe that he defeated her right. or not. I think that everything else, though... Rings totally true. It sounds like Limburger, and he has maintained a part, essentially this story from the beginning, though this is the most detail that he's provided. He left because he saw the war that was coming and he wanted to have power that would help you win it. And he had that power, but was stopped before he could bring it home. And, you know, who knows? If he had brought it home, perhaps Fermaji would still be there, but also perhaps Fermaji would be split by people who supported Limburger's actions and those who do not. And perhaps also this gem on dying 
I mean, maybe he doesn't even know the full extent of its power and the dangers that may come with that. You know, we differ on a lot, but it's good to have your perspective on things. I'm glad you agree. No. I don't agree. I just said it's good to have your perspective on things. I will attempt to use it against you as much as I possibly can. But I disagree with you in every way, shape, or form. I think that, frankly, you're short-sighted. You're kind of fixated on the past. You are loyal to a god who only sees you as another tool in his toolbox, just like I am. And ultimately, your dreams are dark and quiet, just like this. But I have these dreams where no groomsh, no might, no power over others, just people who can live the way that they want to live. And you know, Limburger, I'm never going to understand how you can't see that. You got to be. You got to be doing it on purpose. Hmm. You're young. Even if you have undergone La Cultura, you still have a lot to learn. <laughs> That's always what people say. You're a teen. You're young. You don't know any better. I know enough. I'm in college. He looks to you and holds your gaze. Did you want to say something? I don't need to say anything, Stigrede. He looks at your red eye. Everything that needs to happen is already in the works. I close my red eye so he has to look at my regular eye. Fine, Looking right. at something? Yeah, your red eye. Fine, you want to close it? I'll look at the other one. You will follow the path. Listen to the shard. They know what's best for you. I lay my own path. See you in the astral sea. And you <laughs> wake up. The sound of birds tweeting. I open my eyes look up to see Stilton sitting on the branch um, before me and see that um, his white feathers have all molted off and become black and he is a raven now. Which is very, very good because he has been struggling with the night-day schedule as an owl. He's kind of like, I desperately want to be awake at night for some reason and we keep going to bed. You see Stilton ah! hops down, nuzzles you a little bit. Uh, and before we do anything else, do you mind giving me a wisdom saving throw? Sure. It's that time of the day, Plevo spying on our gay. Come on, Keegan, die. Fifteen. We now get to roll for Plebo. <laughs> it feels good, gang. It feels good. <laughs> Let's roll a d100 as he attempts to teleport to you. I feel as though this is maybe like the third time I have rolled this number, but it's 36. It's not good for him. That's a mishap. The spell's unpredictable magic results in a difficult journey. Each teleporting creature takes 3d10 damage, and then you re-roll on the table to see where you end up. Ooh, so, somewhere in the world, you watch all Plebo go, <laughs> they all gather around Plebo, and Plebo's like, all right, once again, guys, I'm pretty sure we have a good idea of where we're going. So, here we go. Ready? Uh, yeah! Squeezes the gem and everyone shifts in place briefly and you watch as... Let's quickly roll this damage because he's got some really low-level guards near him. Yes, if I can just kill them all off. 
as they uh, try and tear a wormhole in reality, you hear screams, or rather the audience would, as all, all of the remaining guards near him are torn asunder by the space-time being ripped near them. They are just gravity exploded, showering Plebo and the drow elves who are with him in Viscera. It is a horror show somewhere in the Wild Winter Wood. And now let's roll another D100 to see where he goes. Oh my God. Unbelievable. 60 flat. All right, that's a lot better. That is going to be off target, which is once again, 1D10 times 1D10%. So give me the first D10. Three. Okay, and then give me the next D10. 10. So he's off by 30%. He's 30% off target. He's attempting to travel like 50 or so miles. So he is, again, appearing easily 15, 20 miles off course from you, nowhere near you. You have once again avoided Plebo uh, and in the process accidentally killed all of his protective services except for the two drow he's with. Zola just... It- Really having a cozy morning, entirely unaware, petting um, Stilton's head um, as I'm kind of telling Stilton, like showing him my dreams through our telepathic link. And I think that like all of this talk of death and decomposing, like Stilton is also in like a very dark black mood. Mm. Well, Stilton, I guess all that's really left is to find my mom and then find the elves and, and then find... See Strauss and Captain Sticks, and then find Marvin and make sure he's okay. And oh, oh, you're right. A little One little thing at a time. On oh. right. Cut to Plebo and the drow mages screaming in horror. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! This is awful! Why did you do that? <laughs> Just lots of chaos. But while you sip a um a little tea and have your little morning routine. You play your incredible playlist um, on your cell phone. (laughs) On my sending stone, I've got some um, calm indie tunes waking me up as I am kind of flexing my fingers and feeling some of the, once again, new magic flooding through my system almost on the daily now as I am getting another wizard level up. That's right, gang. Zola has leveled up. Between the fact that you are doing a ton of huge both like high experience encounters and then also huge milestones and also experimenting more yes putting other spells into guns and going to divination spaces in my sleep because of this the the timeline of how powerful you're getting is a little bit accelerated two or four levels spell slots now i could counterspell you twice i know I guess I have to counterspell you five times if I use all of my (laughs) if I have every ability I have. (laughs) All right. Is there anything you want to do this morning before you set off on the course to find your mother? I think I probably have kind of a late morning because I know that like once I start moving my two feet that today could be the day. And so I kind of sit with still in for a little bit in the branches, watching like the morning wake up and like the very few couple of birds or little dormice who are running around. Um, And I pull out some of my divination homework and I like turn it over to the back sheet where there isn't like, you know, there's like a prompt or something about my dreams. I turn it over to the back sheet and I just kind of um, use it as like a journal for myself, Mm. just going through everything that's happened to me in the last few days, writing about how I'm I'm scared 
to meet my mom, but also ready. It feels like all signs are pointing me towards being ready for this, even if I don't feel ready inside of myself, um, and just kind of um, assure myself that if it doesn't go well, I still know what I'm looking for, and I'm going to get it either way. Ah! Still in cause next to you. I just... What am I going to say when I meet her? Like, there's so much. What if she doesn't believe me or doesn't want to listen to me all the way? Ha! 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 And you get the message of you just have to be yourself. If she's as powerful as a mage as people say, and if you're as qualified as you are, you'll be able to get the message across. You're right. I just have to think about how I want to say it all. Hmm. Do you want to do the thing where you scout ahead and let me know if there's anything that's going to kill me in my path? Salutes you with a midnight black wing with a few spots. Like, uh, raising the wings? wings. Yeah, (laughs) that's where you see the cow pattern. Oh, there it is. That's where Glimberger got in you. Floats off into the sky, going to look ahead for you. And indeed, today could be the day. The path ahead of you is unclear. There was a lot of kind of shaded off territory to the west and a little too far east but this center sort of path is open she could be a day away she could be as far as even home away so that could be seven days Mm -hmm. so every day could be the day you meet your mother so that's about how long i think the trek is going to take based on the scale of the map if you were to go if you're like if for example and this is not necessarily the case but if you were like i believe my mom is fucking tenting outside of flies. that'll be a full seven days journey essentially from affinage but you may find her well before that you may find her with it you know i mean she could be staying pretty close to affinage or that's how long i think everholm is yes exactly based on your knowledge of the map and your knowledge generally of how long it takes you zola to travel okay and while we do this since it's going to be a number of days and we don't necessarily know we are going to just take it day by day Mm -hmm. and we are going to be rolling a number of different sort of checks so every day you're going to roll let's say eight encounter checks that's like one every two hours Mm -hmm. and then from there we are going to do a daily survival check you know the direction you're going but whether you get turned around or whether you end up taking a route that is a little bit more like you know i mean being able to read a map and being able to read the terrain and the circumstances the environment is putting you in are a little bit different so we'll first we'll roll our encounter checks then we will roll a survival check for the day. And that will determine also whether or not more time is added or if you're, you maintain course. Okay. So you begin to rejoin the path north now that you have traveled east enough to be kind of mm-hmm. away from the Afinash forces. Let's, yeah, let's actually just roll all eight. Let's okay. just do it. Sounds good. And I'll give you some de- some. Deep hopefully points. Stilton is letting me know if there's anything in my path directly in front of me that's like, oh, there's a sleeping Yeti in the middle of the woods that you're going to run into. That's a brilliant point. I'll give you advantage on your survival checks if you okay. keep using Stilton in this way. Okay. Wow, this, how fun. You never get to roll 8 d Yeah, I know, right? Well, this is what it's like to be a DM when you're yeah. like, all right, 8 attacks. <laughs> oh, true. I never get to roll 8 d20s. <laughs> A 20 and a 1. Wow. A 10 and a 10. A 20 and a 14. And 11 
and a nine. Okay, so only one out of eight of those was, was on the 10. encounter. So wow, you, wow. Honestly, it's for the best, especially based on what you just got. Emboldened <laughs> and also bitter from my conversation with Limburger, I am just like head down, trucking on through the snow, stamping. Yes, you continue to trudge through the snow, which there's been kind of a little warmer swing as fall kind of moves into the colder half. It has that second wind of summer. But as you begin to walk, you realize that second wind has faded and faded fast. A shiver ripples through your body as a gust sweeps through you. A snowflake falls upon your nose. Then another and another. Big, puffy, white clumps of snow begin to fall from the sky, many blocked by the tall evergreen canopy. But as you continue to walk for hours upon hours, it begins to build up and slip by and fall more quickly until suddenly, as if out of nowhere, you find yourself walking through a blizzard. You are racked by terrible chills and painful winds, the Frost Maiden's wrath once again sweeping through the frigid northern wood as autumn marches on and winter threatens to prematurely arrive. I think that as I am starting to feel the snow, like once it builds up past my knees and I realize that I am dredging through this and getting wet and shivering, um, and I don't see, you know, the the black uh, blink of color in front of me anymore, that stilton. I'm going to kind of acknowledge that I've been through one of these blizzards before. I know it doesn't go very well. And I'm going to just cast Erza's excellent enclave and bunker down and enjoy the blizzard from inside of my tiny hut. I cannot say how important that was to do that. I just rolled an 11 on the D12. This storm will last 16 hours. Oh, shit. So if you had kept traveling, that would have been... My mechanic for this is that it's a DC 10 con save plus two for every hour you travel. So uh-huh. by the time, if you traveled 16 hours, you would have been rolled... It would have been like a DC 25 and up con save to avoid exhaustion. But you completely negate that by realizing early on that it's not worth it. If you're going to yeah. find your mom, maybe it'll be today. I'm maybe it'll be tomorrow. I'm not going to be fine. able to see her. Yeah. I send out like a mental ping to Stilton to turn back if he can and say, it's too cold and snowy for birds to be flying out there. Come back in where it's warm and we'll start again tomorrow. The two of you settle in as it only takes a little bit of time you've at this point like even though you've kind of been practicing and not able to fully execute this spell you now have unlocked that level and you are able to get in touch with the weave in a way that helps you understand how this actually how this evocation comes into existence and what does your does it look exactly like Erza's? What are the other details? To yeah, you I think that since I learned it from Erza, and because I learned it without having the spell slots first, and I kind of just like copied her work essentially. Mm-hmm. It does look as though I have copied her work, and I didn't learn the theory <laughs> of the spell itself. I just repeated after her, and so it looks like it should be in the mountains of Balderheim. Like it look, it's made out of volcanic rock. Like yeah. it just looks entirely different. The from disguising the way that it's outside to. that's supposed to blend it is a is just the wrong environment. It's just absolutely a lava <laughs> mountain, and I'm like, well, 
I guess, does it always look like that? Still in, um, lands upon it and is, like, pecking it a little bit <laughs> until you let it, you make it uh, passable for him and he slips right in, um, shaking off the snow and co- coming it over close like to you. seems like the snow is going to cover it, so I guess it'll uh, be okay. Uh, <laughs> and communicates, you know, we'll, tr- uh, we'll try again tomorrow. You know, there's more <laughs> than one way. We'll figure it out. Um, but you are fully safe from the con saves. And I'll say that this actually kind of negates the survival check because okay. you stopped early enough in your travels I that just, you're not yeah. Yeah, getting Settle lost. down for the evening again. And I think that maybe Kunik like shoved at me like a little bit of food as I was kind of running away from her. I've got like a crumpled up chocolate bar in my pocket <laughs> that I like melt down and mix with snow th- so that Stilton and I can have like kind of gross dirt flecked hot chocolate. <laughs> We, like, make the most of a snow day that we can yeah. in, like, trapped inside this blizzard, watching the snow fall outside of the windows. Um, and I'll turn to Stilton and say, um, I was journaling last night and thinking about everything I've been through um, and also thinking about what I'm going to say to my mom. Huh? And I was thinking, what if I don't have to say it at all? Like... You know how you just know me, and how when I've been through a lot, it's like I don't even have to say anything. Mm. Like you just look into my eyes and know what I need and know what I've been through and can relate. What if I could give that feeling to someone else? Like look into their eyes and hold their hands and just convey everything I've been through kind of like a recap hops up onto your shoulder and bonks your head uh in a in the similar way as other times where you've been able to have this kind of mental connection ha uh, ha ah, ah, flaps his wings and kind of hovers a little bit in the enclave looking for your book and your notes trying to help you start working <laughs> this out already i'm already like on the ground and i'm kind of looking through my components like parsing through you think ash or maybe diamonds or no, I'm starting backwards. The components don't... It's It's got to be about the theory first. Okay. I kind of just start, like, scribbling frantically on my sheets, kind of stealing bits of, like, things that I saw in my dream when I was in Marfin's uh, study, mm. like, just looking at kind of, like, his magical equations, and then also pulling things that I saw in, like, the orc spell book. Um, and then also just the magic between Stilton and I and my connection to this divination plane to try and create the spell that I've been thinking of making. You take some time. Give me an arcana check. Um, We will be doing several of these to essentially solidify the creation of the spell that you are looking to create. Okay. My proficiency has gone up since my wizard level went up, so this is a plus five now to my arcana. Wow. Growth, people. Not one, though. The first day is honestly a fact-finding mission. It's like, by the end of it, I'll say with a nat one, even though it doesn't set you back, you do leave... It's kind of like when you have a great idea, but the moment you lay it out, you start getting really frustrated. You're like, this is too similar to other things, or no, that's not going to work. And and you end the night with the idea in your head, but with the work actually done, kind of not necessarily furthering the process. I think I'm like trying to kind of like skip over the last 
bit of work I don't really know what the component is going to be yet and so I'm like trying to cast it on Stilton being like don't don't tap into when oh. we speak to each other just let me try and do it by myself oh. but I keep on casting different things like trying casting like suggestion or friends Detect or charm person and stuff like, that. like I just kind of keep floating around the idea of what I'm trying to do and exploring those other spells but don't get any closer to actually creating a spell of my own how are you supposed to it's like creating math how do you create math when math is already there how do you create spells when magic's already there do I tear apart the weave or do I have to make a smaller weave inside of the weave Ah, and kind of mimes to you looking and give me give me another arcana check okay that one's a 10 what you kind of gather, even though it's a little bit of a mixed role, is Stilton is at least saying everything's already there. There's nothing new under the sun. <sighs> so it is just I just have to dismantle these spells and then make a new spell out of them. You're right. I shouldn't try and invent the wheel right now. Huh. That's crazy. Huh. That's like that's like grad school. And everyone agrees that the wheel was invented in grad school by grad <laughs> students. <laughs> <laughs> I should start simple. <laughs> but this was some good groundwork. <clears throat> I glance outside to see if any of the snow is clearing up as but we've been kind of like <laughs> up all night studying together. As you look out, the entire dome is completely covered in snow. Oh. You look, it's, just, it's honestly just a wall of white. Still, and go out and wind wipe. Go out and window wipe <laughs> with your with your uh, wings. Still Wing in wipe. pauses for a very long time before begrudgingly headbutting through the snow. I'll give you whatever working. shiny thing I have. <laughs> oh, immediately goes into overdrive, cleaning off the snow. Um, I give him a spell component, a tiny diamond. <laughs> Don't lose it because I might need it for the spell. Just holds it around in his mouth, looking for a place to nest. Um, it takes a full 16 hours for the storm to pass, but obviously within the dome, it is just a, it might as well just be a screensaver. It's <laughs> beautiful and frantic. You occasionally look out into the darkness and see shadows move, four-legged creatures, giants, mm. others that you're not really sure. But you're unaffected. By the time they pass by, this dome has already been covered in snow, and they just think of it as another bank. So after a while, the storm begins to settle as you begin to finally, after all of this hard work, drift off to sleep. And the next morning comes... And you may roll your portents once more as all you do wow. is wake up with vague flashes of what could be ahead of you. I have to re-roll my portents, huh? Because they uh, were kind of good ones. Sorry. That's okay. I had a 17 and a 6, just so you guys Ooh, know. Ooh, very good. I thought switch. about using it on recap, but I don't think that that's... I want to earn it. That's fair. That's fair. Plus, I feel like probably like something about that would cancel out. So it would be like, I'm trying to make use divination magic to create more divination magic. And the, foresee... the universe would be like, <laughs> <laughs> that equals zero. <laughs> you actually can't borrow from another spell to create a spell. I see. Yeah. I see. Whoa. Interesting. All right. That could either mean it was the exact same thing or wildly another kind of crazy pairing. It was crazy that all right say. so the next day begins you have no strange dreams to report but you do receive a little call on your speaking stone i wake up <laughs> hello zola 
Hope things are going well with the fam. Quick update. The heist went well. And I got some juicy intel about the gem undying. And there's a brief pause before he goes, Also, in the process of this, Kittle and I learned some more intel about the operations of... Well, do you remember Abel Turnpoint? <laughs> of course Hi. you do. Why Good did morning. I say that? Yes. Do I remember the innocent man I killed? Mm -hmm. I do. I Did you have a point? Thanks for going on the heist, though. I do appreciate that. Sorry. It was kind of, you know, I went into the hidden library. And things were, time was wonky. I met some nice dragons. They said hi, by the way, and that your your, your books, uh, they can't tell if they're overdue, but they asked for me to check if the time had passed and they're overdue. Are you going to return those books? I they're absolutely in another plane of existence, but you know what? Maybe someday. You know it's what? The adventure after this one probably is for me to return my overdue library books. And the library has so much to offer besides books. You know, it's not the only thing. You know, there, they're not in want know? of books, so I'm not really going to stress myself. There's I have a lot, a lot of things of I'm stressed out about right now, and that's the thing I don't have to stress myself out about right now. I'm kind of. I'm sorry. I. I. I things have been. I've been up all night. It's kind of crazy. Gem um, undying. Okay, gem undying. He reiterates to you what you had essentially learned from Limburger. <laughs> he keeps on telling me things. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that bright spire. Uh, did you already? And <sighs> yeah, okay, and the pale Why did you send me on this mission uh, if you knew all I, this? I didn't know I was gonna. And Anything then else? He eventually tells you that he confirms the gem undying was a spell shard created during the maldiction and is one of honestly the large precursor slash causes of the maldiction. And what Limburger said is true. This folly, this creation in in the goal of trying to cure death backfired and essentially spread undeath for for what would have been perhaps the entire continent of Emeralia if it weren't for the Zuhatsandaria or the precursor to them during the maldiction and the actions of the first keeper of the Allfire who sacrificed her life to create the Sanguisaur Mountains to prevent the spread of undeath into the jungles of the Veridontes. He also explains that the gem itself has the power to cast any necromancy spell, and is even said to sustain life when it should die, raise any dead, and drain the life of even the hardiest of creatures. So, it was kind of crazy to learn that Brigid is, like, the descendant or past life of this hero who stopped this but the gem is incredibly dangerous and if if i remember correctly you said it's inside the shard which would explain the corruption and would honestly hmm, it would mean that they probably have a better understanding at least of necromancy at first oh interesting like having that inside of them would kind of inject them with that like Undeath magic. Yeah, like being the gem itself, like many other spell shards, as I learned, they essentially act as a conduit for all of that that school of magic, and a skilled enough user can channel that to pretty much cast any spell of that school. Moreover, they can channel the energy itself and utilize it to accomplish really whatever they desire. Interesting. I just talked to Limburger a lot about this. That? Whoa, whoa, what? Do you bury the lead there? No. 
you got me talking about able turn point and stuff so sorry about that there's a lot of leads honestly every moment in my life is a lead and i'm not hiding anything from everyone it's just kind of hard to remember what i've told everyone this just happened (sighs) limberger and the shard have been alone together for a long time i'm worried what he's teaching them Well, all we can hope is that the shard that you knew, the pieces of all that's gone into them, that part still remains. And maybe you'll be able to get through when you do find them again. And you will find them again. Yeah, you're right. I spoke to Marfin, by the way. Is he alive? My people... Haven't been able to get in contact with him. Um, I mean, yeah, last time I spoke to him, but he wasn't doing well. I think... I think he's just creating pocket plane after pocket plane, trying to get away from... Flay, but it's only a matter of time until she has him in a corner. But I'm just wondering if they're going to be able to find their way out after that. And I don't know where NP is. All right. One thing at a time. You're right. First, you find your mother. I think I'm close. That's incredible. By the way, I had to I had to leave Affinage. I haven't been really doing well in city environments. I think I might be a farm girl through and through. You know... You're still... There's still lots of time. You don't have to settle into a home quite yet. You're right. Um, okay. Bare facts, just to catch you up, and then I actually have a hike to start. Yeah, I also got a, I got a heist to start, so we honestly, I've... <laughs> used your, Hold on! Yeah. Okay. Um, tell no, me the tell don't me the get beats. too distracted from the main plan. I promise I won't. It's a it's important. It's relevant. I'll explain. You explain first. I'll explain, and then we can both go. Okay. Orcs are in some weird Groomsh cult. My uncle or something superseded my mother. She was exiled. They're, I think, planning to march to. Everholm first, crack their arcane bubble, and then take Chilvin and use some massive gate to summon Groomsh back to the mortal plane in like 11 days-ish. There's an incredibly long beat of silence, so much so that you do end up checking in again. He goes, oh no, I I heard, I heard. um." So it is kind of relieving just to have a timeline, right? Yes. Um... Okay. So you don't have to worry about that right now. Just letting you know that I am um, okay. walking to Everholm now. Okay. I'm going to try and real quick swing by, find out where my mom is. Okay. Um, let them know so that they can prepare themselves. Go to Chilvin. Let them know so they can prepare themselves. At that point, 
it's a toss-up whether I help these people, you know, not bring this god back to the mortal plane or go and find my girlfriend, because I'm really concerned about her, by the way. Did I tell you that she's missing? Oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah. Listen, okay, let's, focusing up, you'll find your mother. You will. After you find her, well, maybe give me a call, give me a little update. Definitely. That would be really amazing if you find her. Maybe need someone to talk to about that. Yeah, you have my number. I, unlike Marfin, who is kind of, you know, off the fucking grid right now, and... He's busy. He's away from his phone. Yeah. It's going straight to voicemail. (laughs) Ooh, that's kind of unnerving for a mage. Um, Once you settle that, if you get in contact with the elves, perhaps they can provide you with, you know, the means to get places faster. Yeah. And then we'll work from there. I'll, I'll give you an update and, you know... I'm sure that I'm sure your girlfriend's fine. You know this. You, she might be fine. She could be fine. She's totally probably fine. I'm sorry that things weren't working out in Afinash. Oh, that's okay. I have to be true to myself, and any place that doesn't appreciate me for who I am doesn't deserve me. Hell yes. Hell yes. Hell, 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 yes. All right, still Mistro pecking be so my ear right proud. now. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> All right, hold on. Uh, bef- okay, you're embarrassing me. Before I let you go, let me just tell you. Okay. So, Mabel Turboy, this okay, boss. Okay, say his name. Is, I, we should say his name. We should all be saying his name. Abel Turnboy. By the way, the fund is doing quite well. It's been very helpful in oh, helping the evacuation. I'm glad. Um, so, so what's it meant for? Basically, his boss apparently is a Glockheed, one of the biggest producers of armor and weaponry in Emeralia. Their factory is located in the sprawl. Uh-huh. They're kind of taking over automaton production for the orc army. And, well, I'm going to pull one last job. Again. You always say that. On Glocky Tower in the Carrot District. Oh. We've got a few goals, but it's mainly sabotage to kind of hold the army. They've already they've already sent so many forces south and north. I, we're just trying to delay it at this point, so. And do you have an elite team assembled? Oh, yeah. I have got the best people. The most trustworthy people I know. And uh, give me an insight check. <laughs> Not 20. Smite has the short list that you think it might just be him and Kittle. Uh, he, he might be kind of looking into more people to add, <laughs> but he certainly does not have a crack team on this case. Okay, well, d- tell Crystalix and, you know, Kittle, I say hi. Oh, I will. They're, my, they're the generals of this elite team. All right. How's Kittle's new position going, by the way? <sighs> it's a lot of work. She's trying to lay under the, like, you know, just keep under the radar. But in general, um... She's really had to kind of take up a a larger role in organizing students and kind of getting them working in these classes. She's not like a, she's like, you know, like a TA. So it's not like she's doing like, it, her position is complex, but in general, she's been able to kind of loop me in on, again, this is how one of the aspects of how we learned about the production and Glockheed, you know, these little sort of tidbits of the kind of tech that's being used. It's... Advantageous, but dangerous. I know Kittle knows what she's doing, but 
maybe there's something to like programming in a back door for ourselves. I know a lot of these uh, automatons have already gone out, but maybe the ones they're producing now, maybe there's some kind of, you know, secret power down button that only Kittle knows where it is in the code. I don't know how the internet works. I gotta go, man. This is a really, really good idea. It brings me back to the malfunctioning one that we spoke with slash fought. Right. That maybe there's if a way to kind of shut it down or short circuit the mind or something trigger or even, something or even i don't know take some component of of the soul and and i don't know heighten that somehow or bring that into you know it's it's autonomy not to be cheesy the autonomous automatons i'm gonna tell kid all of this and if we survive this last job it's gonna be top priority for my elite team I cannot wait to see you again. I can't wait to see you as well. Good luck. Um, and be careful. Brigid sends her love. Hoping to visit her after this job. and Get her a speaking stone so we can all talk. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. All right. Well, talk soon. Okay. Bye, Smite. Over now. <sighs> Over now. The day begins. Once again, you return to the road. Let's do, um, let's actually start with our survival check today. Let's do a survival check with advantage. Okay. Still and again, flying ahead. Ha! Calling out. That is a 17. Great survival check. You do not add any more time to your journey. Now let's do our eight encounter rolls. Okay. Once again, get that big old hand of D20s shaken. In descending order. 20. 19, 14, 20 again. We rolled a 20 on the same die. Rolled four nat 20s. Yeah, 20, 20, 19, 14, 9, 6, 3, 2. Okay. So. So three and two. Those two are, those, okay. those are encounters. Here we go, gang. We're back on the table, baby. <laughs> I mean. Oh, and it's another morning. So Ooh. I need you to give me another wisdom saving throw. Okay. Completely forgot. You studied all through the night. We got another wisdom save. That's a 10. All right. Give me a D100 roll. You got it. <laughs> wow. Love that we're doing this twice in an epi. Oh, man. Let's go, Plebo. Let's see what you got. 33. Fuck me. That's definitely another mishap. <laughs> <laughs> This poor fucking deep Oh my note. god. Oh my Christ. Yeah. Plebo just dies in an explosion. Yeah, another mishap <laughs> somewhere in the world. I mean, here's the thing. They all have enough, hot, hit, enough points. hit points yeah. to not be killed by this. But somewhere in the world, these three poor travelers are jumped <laughs> through reality and then ripped back through it, crashing into the ground, taking I'd like three to damage. to think that at this point they are starting to um, consider mutinying Plebo. Like oh, if he's just failing over and over absolutely. again and also hurting them now at this point. Like they're like, maybe the shard's breaking. Like, and can you imagine how hard it is to track someone when you're just leaping hundreds of miles in different directions? It's like... <laughs> How do you expect us to find her now? <laughs> All right, but okay, so then uh, we roll again. Roll yes. another D100. 93. So, your day begins. It's a cooler day. 
the snow from the night before is heavily packed. It's it's honestly it looks like a winter wonderland at this point. Fall is but a distant memory as you begin to trudge, your feet crunching as they press through the thick layer of snow and ice that has formed. I'm kind of uh, walking. Stilton is doing the same thing that he was doing the other night, where he's like leading me um, on my path. But it's not because I'm crying. It's because my head is down and I'm just always jotting in the back of my spell book. I've kind of like turned it around upside down and now I'm working on my own spell like in the back of the book where there aren't any spells written already. You continue to walk, kind of working as you walk, standing desk style. Um, (laughs) And while you walk, give me a perception check. Okay. Based on sight? This is actually based on hearing. You got it. Guys, I have plus five to my perception checks. Mm, who even needs advantage? Who needs Dirty 20. You hear. It is so peaceful out here in this post-blizzard day that any sort of change is immediately noticeable. A howl, long and eerie, echoes through the frozen trunks around you. What do you do? Mmm still in returns to you. Uh, give me, I'll say that with that perception check, still in like after a moment of you kind of like waiting around, uh, I'll give you an option. You can either wait for Stillin to come and help identify what has just happened or you have this moment and you can act. Um, I will do what I have been doing best in the woods, which is just uh, grab onto a branch and try and swing my body up into a tree and just get off the ground briefly. Okay. You quickly pull yourself into the trees and take position as ah, he lands on and he communicates wolf. And as he says that, you see limping from the woods, this massive white furred winter wolf. Eight feet, maybe nine feet long from snout to tail, four feet wide at its strongest point. This creature lumbers through the snow howling out into the wilderness looking for its pack clearly in pain as you look at its back leg and it looks like it's almost been kind of maybe sprained or something it looks a little bit twisted in the wrong way like something has maybe happened to it have i seen these kind of creatures before in my almanac uh give me a history check or a nature check 18 i'll say with an 18 nature check you remember in your Ambledorth's Almanac, some of the monsters that live in the northern woods, some of the creatures that are more monster than beast, I would say, both like if we were to categorize them literally and also in terms of their behavior. And winter wolves tend to edge towards that monstrous side. They are purely creatures who like live and thrive in colder temperatures so you never would have seen one in person mm-hmm. and you, lo- wolves can get pretty large but this thing's like double the size of a wolf this okay. this could be a <laughs> this is as big as like a fucking horse and it's like lumbering through whimpering and looking around you can tell that it's per- perhaps a little scared and perhaps a little um like just paranoid what I would gather, what I'll say that you know with that role, is essentially these creatures tend to be more hostile than yeah. non-hostile. If we're if we were to like not using D and D mechanics, but like in-game 
reasoning between a beast and a monster. A monster is like more aggressive. Like, like a polar bear. Yeah. Like I would say, yeah, like a polar bear is like the closest maybe a, a beast like, gets to a monster <laughs> where it's like, oh, it might actually try and kill you. But yeah. I would even obviously a polar bear is it's neutral. These creatures could be have an alignment okay. if I were to say, if I were to go further. Um, I'm kind of in the tree, like going vacillating back and forth between like shrinking back into the leaves and holding myself quietly, but also looking around to kind of get a look at the injury on this creature. Um, I guess I'll do kind of a scan around and see if I can see any evidence of a pack having been through here or like note if I have heard any other um, like howling or snuffling or if it seems like it has been like separated far from its pack. Give me a survival check. 18. Judging by both how this creature is moving and what you had already witnessed and still in honestly giving you a little insight, there isn't a pack anywhere near here. But based on its injury, you kind of gather that it got it running away. Doesn't look like it was bit. Doesn't look like any sort of attack happened. It looked like it was maybe fleeing something and it was injured in the process. Um, I will... uh pop my head down from out of the branches and uh, gently at the wolf. Turns its head immediately a little, uh, it's on edge so you naturally watch almost like Studio Ghibli style, it's fur kind of prickles up and it makes itself bigger, it starts looking around and then clocks you in the trees and growls. I tentatively point at it and holding my arm up so that it can kind of see that I have another animal perched on my arm. I will um, attempt to message it, not knowing if you know any sort of um, message can make it through, and I will just try and um, message the idea of help. Like, like, ouch. I will try and message the idea, essentially, of like hurt and pain. Give me, for the, maybe the first time ever in like 70 episodes, an animal handling check. Nice. Something you actually have proficiency in because of your work with cows. Incredible. I've got my hands kind of up as I'm like very slowly starting to unwrap my body from the trunk like I'm going to come down, but in the most non-threatening way possible. Okay. 21. You communicate this, this feeling, this idea of pain and help. I've been alone too. I've been separated from my family and hurt too. You see it stops, moving forward. Its snarl fades a little bit. It's not placated, but it eyes you more curiously than than suspiciously now. I'll just kind of um, slide to the ground and kneel in the snow, setting Stilton down to kind of hop over um, to the wolf as I'm like, you know, when you are getting to know a dog who's aggressive, not looking at it and kind of busying myself with my pack, letting it like grow comfortable with my presence, I will take out all of my like stuff that I use essentially for my own healing, my bandages and like alcohol for rubbing. You begin to assemble the medicinal supplies you will need to take care of whatever this wound is as still in ha hops forward, one hop, two hops, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. Still in, you want to bring some of the jerky from our pack? Turns back. 
hops back. I'll ho- uh, toss him a piece. He catches it and hops over, and you see the two of them very cautiously kind of tilting heads, looking at each other as still and slowly approaches and like a raven offering a little trinket, lays the jerky down and hops back. There's a moment as the wolf eyes Stilton and keeping its eyes on you and your familiar lowers its head. Eat the jerky, (laughs) not my friend, please. Snarls and snatches up the dried meat, then looks to you and kind of tilt its head as a dog might. I will gather up my things and kind of casually walk over and set them down and say, message, can I take a look at your paw? In a similar sort of manner as you have treated it, it kind of looks away from you, like not making eye contact. Doesn't seem to give any sort of resistance to the suggestion. I will um, kneel down and kind of uh, check out if I think if it's been like torn or sprained or what I can do to stabilize it. You take a look, give me a medicine check. Another thing you're proficient in. Yeah. So exciting that my proficiency bonus went up today because I rolled like three (laughs) things I'm proficient in. Not 20. You take a quick look and this is an injury you've actually seen plenty of times. Any sort of like moment where the, your cattle have been scared and gone on like a little miniature stampede. You know, sometimes the smaller ones or the ones that were in the front trip and fall. You just have a sprained ankle. You'll be okay. And though it is occasionally like whimpering and pulling away as you work with it, there's an occasional snarl and and yip. You managed to successfully bandage this wound. Enough to say that this creature will be able to move almost at full speed, essentially. What were you running from? Looks back. Give me another perception check. 22 on my higher roll. Looking out in the same direction, you don't see anything at first. You keep looking and looking until you see smoke rising and what looks to be some sort of path in the snow. Irregular, but it's like something is coming up and down. And you remember the remoras. <laughs> How fast do you think you can run? Starts like pulling itself up. It's maybe, let's see, Winter Wolf at full speed normally can run 50 feet. I'll say that with this injury and the successful medicine check, it's going to be moving 30 feet. So it essentially moves as fast as you. What direction is the Ramaraz as? It's in my path. It's coming like... You were heading north from your tree. You saw this wolf come from the west. So okay. it is coming from the west. And you're this, like, you clock it, you maybe have 30 seconds now before it arrives. The time it took for you to heal and kind of help this creature, the Remoraz seems to have been able to close the distance that this wolf had created in the first place. I'm going this way. And I will start take off running uh, and send Stilton up into the air behind me and see <gasps> if this... um. Wolf is going to keep pace with me, hopefully. With those strong animal handling and medicine checks, you watch as this wolf pauses at first to watch you begin to run and then looks back and kind of still limping a bit, begins to pick up speed and is able to hold the 30 feet of movement that you have as you guys begin to run north through the wood. And as you do, you begin to hear rumbling growing louder and louder. 
you turn around over your shoulder and see suddenly the snow from the blizzard about a hundred feet or so back begins to sink in in like a very consistent straight path coming very fast (laughs) your way Um, as you continue to run you move faster and faster running as as hard and as far as you can after a few literally just seconds of running there's a as you hear the chittering screech of the remoras burst from the snow probably about 60 feet behind you skittering forward crunching through the snow as sizzling it's worse than before this creature is clearly the adult version of the monster that you fought when you first entered the wilder winter wood it's Easily 45, 50 feet long, which is big for this creature anyways. The spikes that are glowing orange, red hot seem even longer and more severe. Its jaw even larger and filled with more teeth. All that remains the same are those beady blue bug eyes that lidlessly glare forward, angrily chasing you. You somehow get the vibe that this thing was the mom of the one that you killed. Uh, that's uh, only a mother could have that much hate in her eyes. I definitely uh, oh, disemboweled <laughs> this, <laughs> this creature's child. You continue to bolt forward, and this creature is keeping pace with you. Okay. I do think about casting Expeditious Retreat, but then look at this wolf that's keeping pace beside me and realize that I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I sacrificed one for my gain. Another lesson that Kunuk taught me. Here's what we're going to do. Because you guys are both essentially holding speed, everyone in this whole, like, encounter is moving 60 feet for a round. So what we're going to do is actually roll con saves Mm -hmm. to see See how how long long you can keep running. So... You do two d20s. One of them will be the wolf, and one of them will be you. I'll let you decide, and then I will roll for the remoras. I'll roll for the wolf first. 18. Okay. Now what it adds to con. I cannot believe this. I rolled a nat 20. Whoa. This is literally the sixth nat 20 you've rolled. That's, I mean, I know the others were encounter checks, but like, seriously, what the fuck? Um, You keep going. You and this wolf are holding strong for like a full five minutes of straight fucking sprinting through the fucking woods. There's a moment where the wolf for a second starts to like lag behind a little bit and I literally reach up and like grab its fur and start dragging it along with me. (laughs) Like how a mother wolf does, like hold a a baby. Scrape of the neck, yeah. Yeah. Um, You keep on rushing forward. This creature is also still holding pace. It rolled a nine plus it's five to con. So that's a 14. The DC was 10 for this first round is now going to go up to 12. So next round, another con save. I have a question. Sure. We're running as fast as we can. We're all using our dash actions. Can I use my action surge to try and do something that would throw something in the Remoras' path? Absolutely. Okay. As I'm running alongside this wolf, I turn my head over my neck and hold a hand out and say, Sorry, ancestors, and shoot a long, scorching agonizer scorcher through the path of the wood straight towards the remoras. Okay. You conjure these flames and hurdle them back over your shoulder, spiraling through the wood as this centipede-like creature chitters and leaps forward as the spells scorch and blaze off. 
it has no effect to this creature that it's is immune, immune to fire. fire and Fuck it me. continues to charge forward, invigorated by the heat. That is essentially this round. Give me another constitution saving throw. DC I can't is 12 believe this round. I use my action search for that fucking idiot, Lisa. I mix it up with the yetis. I thought that I had learned that it was vulnerable mm. to fire damage. Immune to cold and fire. So rude, Noah. Very rude. Okay, what am I doing? You've infuriated me. Con save. <laughs> what did you, you stole my fucking spell, <laughs> you stole my you fucking asshole. action surge. At least I didn't say out loud what level it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not gonna, I'm certainly not going to make you burn anything higher than whatever regular Two. level. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, no fucking way. What die are you? Oh my God, it's the gummy die? It's been the gummy die like every time. It's a nat 20. <sighs> Plus with my con, it's a 29. I absolutely uh, roll for roll for the wolf. Okay. Let's see what the wolf gets. Wolf gets a seven there. It adds plus two to con, so that's a nine. <laughs> As I'm sprinting longer and longer and longer, like feeling the endurance inside myself and realizing how much longer and harder I can run now that I've been like conditioning my body for so long I realize that I'm outpacing this wolf I look at Stilton and go this might be a stupid fucking mistake but you know what sometimes in life you pick the hills you want to die on and this is the snowy hill I guess and I will give the wolf my nat 20 portent roll you rolled a nat 20 on the portent too? On, on the gummy die when you were like, that's like the sixth nat 20. I was like, seventh. Double nat 20s. The two of you completely outpace this Remoraz, which rolled a three on its con save this round, meaning it gains a level of exhaustion. You run deeper and deeper and deeper into the wood scrambling to and fro, ducking left behind trees, taking strange paths just to weave and create more distance. You guys run, you find yourself moving up a hill, you're scrambling up, you still hear it's chittering in the distance even though you've lost visual. You guys leap over the side and find yourself tumbling down a hill, crashing through brambles and, and the various foliage that has grown um, in the harsh conditions here in the north until you tumble into a small pit, rocky overhang kind of blocking the view of you. The wolf tumbles down next to you. Practically, you have to like roll over to avoid getting crunched by it. And as you guys keep your breath, try and stabilize and stay quiet, you hear one last before the wood once again settles. You have successfully, for now, evaded the remoras. I look over at the wolf to see how it's doing, if it's okay. It is <laughs> panting just very, very heavily. It, I mean, maybe a little in pain because of the injury, but you did a solid job creating a brace for it. So it seems like it's it's able to move still, and it seems like it didn't. I mean, two nat 20s on that last one, uh, no one's getting exhaustion from that. <sighs> that was the fastest and hardest I've ever run. You see Stilton is perched on a rock nearby and is its poor little raven chest is, is going up and down very, very fast. Don't you try. You have upwards mobility. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I look over at the winter wolf. 
Well, I've taken you a lot farther from your family now. It looks you back, these cold blue eyes that remind you, honestly, of the Yetis. But it holds that glance, silently staring. Um, well... Good luck, I guess? Unless you... have something... Hey! You're kind of a smart wolf. See, it licks its chops a little bit. You haven't... You haven't seen someone who... looks like this, have you? And I kind of stand back and I I pull my bob to one side and kind of hold it together like um, if I were to have a braid going to one side. All right, hold on. You see the winter wolf tilt its head a little bit, kind of quizzically eyeing you. But older, like an alpha. Someone who's lost their pack. Kind of sniffing the air, begins to look north. Okay. And then kind of bounds out of the pit and begins to trot. In that direction? In that direction. Oh, (laughs) awkward. Are we going the same way? Um, Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Glancing at Stilton first to make sure that he's okay with this. I think Stilton is on the same page as you, kind of is seeing Mm -hmm. that this wolf is someone you can work with perhaps is a little nervous because he's a little birdie, but right. um, trust you kind of goes like, if you trust, I trust. If he snaps at you, just let me know and we'll split. Ha! Um, I'll start walking next to the wolf, kind of letting my fingers graze through its fur as a little bit of comfort as I tread towards my mother. It does not resist the pet as you gently touch it's very very fluffy albeit strangely like like there's no warmth coming from this creature it's actually mm-hmm. very crazy you, you touch it and it feels like you're touching a jacket that has been put in a refrigerator <laughs> it is very cold but it is still very soft as you trot next to it and the, the two of you keep pace underneath still in above you weaving through the trees going deeper and deeper into the wood you travel for quite some time the day goes by relatively uneventful now is the end of the day. Hmm, you're using, I imagine you're going to use Erza's Enclave again? Yes, I'm going to set okay. up Erza's Enclave. Um, and I'll probably just um, kind of demonstrate to the wolf. I'm cold. I have to sleep inside. But you can stay around if you want. You see, as you say that, it kind of sits down and wags its tail a little bit in the snow. <laughs> I as- put Stilton on top of his head. <laughs> A little bit. Does like a kind of cross-eyed thing as it looks as its forehead. And you see Stilton <laughs> peers over it. Um, but you get down. You clear out some snow, which honestly is the hardest thing to do here mm-hmm. is finding... Because you do need a flat surface that is easy to work upon and like essentially draw the sigils. So you manage to clear one off. It takes probably the, like 20 or so minutes to get a really good flat spot. But you eventually take the time, trace out the sigils, and the dome once again forms around you. And you enter inside. Still in? Want to help with my spell? Ha! Hops off the winter wolf, which I I imagine you're kind of placing it in a 
a little bit more nondescript area amongst mm-hmm. some thick trees, kind of. You see the winter wolf comes close, does not go inside this dome, kind of is puzzled by it, mm-hmm. sniffs it a bit, and then ends up kind of curling up on the ground amongst the trees, kind of nestling into the snow, camouflaged. I silently uh, leave another pack of jerky open outside of the enclave, and then I'll head inside. It snatches it up immediately. <laughs> uh, you head inside. Just howl if you need us. You watch as it <laughs> does that dog chomp of where they're very, just <laughs> that big mouth chomping. This creature, if you had fought it, is very threatening. It's a lot oh, of Lord. teeth. looks terrifying. Um, you watch as the meat kind of freezes in its jaw and crunches into dust reminiscent of Frigidich, honestly, and how she ate things. But you sit down, take out your materials, give me another arcana check. This is what Zola in the morning like had this feeling like she was going to do something really successfully and was hoping that was going to be the spell. And now she understands now that it was to help a creature in pain. She goes, come on, fate. Just have a little more juice left for this one. 22 on Arcana. These hours of studying and working through the materials... You've sifted out the vast majority of things that you're kind of like, this may be helpful in the brainstorming phase, but when it comes to actually crafting the mechanics of like, you know, charm person make a little bit more sense than suggestion. You know, you're you're trying to convey and like explain your experience. There's an aspect of it that's like detect thoughts, but there's an aspect that's like, if possible, being able to convey the emotion and like, connect with people through this spell and that starts to take shape with this and you have one out of three successes to create this spell as you kind of finish up and night has officially taken the forest it's strange calls shift from tweeting birds and the occasional whistle of wind to strange (laughs) grunts and monstrous noises that echo throughout the dark wood Give me a stealth check. Um, with advantage, because I do keep my shoes on when I sleep. This is actually for the dome. Oh, it's for the dome? I see. Yeah. Zola strips down to everything. Except for sleeps in the shoes. nude accepted Crocs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like chainmail, Crocs, nothing else. <laughs> Donald ducking it. <laughs> what is this? What is this? this is a stealth check. It's just straight. It's just straight. All right. It's a five. You are engrossed in the activity of creating the spell. And by the end of it, you feel like you're on the verge of a eureka moment. You're literally like... Soot on my nose and my (laughs) bangs are stuck on my forehead as I'm like sweating and casting over and over. You see Stilton is like right there with you, pulling over papers and kind of, you know, partially um, gathering them for your use, but also kind of organizing your components (laughs) because they're trinkets and it kind of is obsessed with that for some reason at this moment. But as you're looking you suddenly hear and you look over and you see that the winter wolf has kind of raised its head a little bit is looking around Stilton and I turn and look in the direction that it's looking in do I see anything through the trees give me a perception check realizing probably that this wolf has better smell vision and hearing than I do 15 What you actually see is pitch black. 
and you look closer and you're like that it's it's too dark shouldn't be that it shouldn't dark. be that dark and then you kind of look left and you see that it, it's not that dark you can see a little bit further past that but there is a globe of darkness taking up a portion of the higher trees and it is at that moment ground all around you familiar black tentacles begin to latch onto the tiny hut scraping against it several of them burst from the ground around the winter wolf which growls and attempts to break free has to roll a strength save can i dispel magic not without leaving the dome Mm. Um, i'm gonna quickly roll a strength save for this winter wolf okay that is a three. The tentacles grip around it and pull it to the ground, its weaker leg buckling as it slams. And you hear a call. Finally found you, Zola. Nowhere to run. And that's where we'll end our episode today. Oh my god! <laughs> guys, guys, it finally happened! Oh it finally my happened! God. Yay! <laughs> That noise you hear is me clapping my DM screen like it's my ass cheeks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You know, you're making a big mistake letting me plan for this. I absolutely am, and I cannot wait to get it thrown in my face. The the Plebo thing is it's always like he has the advantage and somehow it gets blown. It does not, yeah. (laughs) So thank you once again for listening. Thank you especially to our Eldritch patrons. If you would like to become an Eldritch patron... Go to patreon.com slash try not to die pod. The Eldritch patrons are my favorite people on this planet. It is because of so many of them that I am in this beautiful, glorious studio with my best friend, creating one of the greatest <laughs> stories of all time. Who's even heard of Gilgamesh? Thank you for supporting us. We hope that you check that out. Any plugs, Lise? Any anything else you want to throw out? We did some at the beginning of the episode, but I'm sure we got plenty we to throw did, at the You end. know, I got my my PPs, my personal plugs PPs. out there. But I'm gonna say, if you are thinking, you're toying with the idea of joining the Patreon, you're not sure yet, we're gonna give a little sneak peek. Oh, wait, is that in the last episode? It'll be in the last episode. But there was a sneak peek. There was a sneak peek. Sometimes you get confused about the calendar, guys. You heard a little sneak peek of the afterlife in last week's episode. Clearly, in this week's episode of the afterlife, I am going to do a little dishing on, you know, what I think that Plebo Mm. and I are going to get up to. And also talk a little bit about the spell that I am creating and reveal more information about that. The afterlife is where we are doing so much theorizing. We are learning so much about the plot and the world. Um, I am at Noah on all of my theories and conspiracies. Yeah. Please join us. Join us. $5 tier. And if enough of you join, I think it's if 10 people join, we have to make a musical episode for you, which boom. will be like big boom, big boom. I mean, we're talking again a one act musical. That's an hour and fifteen minutes. Like, <laughs> I- I'm sorry. And you know, if we're that's- gonna have a little intermission in there. Somewhere. There's definitely gonna be a brief intermission. <laughs> Sound of music style. Uh, so yes, go check all of that out. Go and of course check out. Um, I'm gonna plug the incredible playlist that you made for Zola. Thank you. Yes, a cry from the deep wood. If you're out of um, summer bops, you're looking to as we transition from summer to fall. You need your sad girl bops. Check out the Gorgonzola playlist. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And also, there potentially will be a live stream this month between Lisa and Ashley doing some sort of birthday conspiracy thing i may or may not be there i don't know if i will be because of the nature of it speaking of conspiracies i mean i have 
I'm going to say I have three main theories about Try Not to Die, gang. I got a theory about Mistra. I got a theory about Marfin. And I have a theory about Limburger. And boy, did this episode complicate and also illuminate some things about my theory with Limburger. I think that Ashley and I, who share this theory, are likely going to talk a little bit about that on the Whoa. live stream. So that's Noah's, very cool. I'm Noah's glad that not it allowed. Yeah, I, this is. I mean, we're we're coming out and saying it here. I I won't be there. I'll, I'll help set it up and I'll be <laughs> in the other room. I hope you're not expecting to see <laughs> Noah. They will. I'll print out a face that they can draw on and make fun of, maybe. You know, exactly. We'll do inspiring. a pin the tail on the Noah. So <gasps> pin if you, the beard on the Noah. <laughs> if you keep track of our Twitter and our Instagram, you'll see us eventually, um, you know, leak that date. But if you want to definitely for sure know far in advance when it's going to happen, if you join our $1 tier on Patreon, you get our mm. news posts every month where we kind of go into detail of what our plan is for the month, what we're releasing, when the live streams are. So if you're looking to plan out your month, make sure you don't, you know, go see Nope or whatever when we're doing that or whatever's mm. in the theaters right now. <laughs> we don't remember. We Time don't is know. weird for us right now. <laughs> um, then join that tier and then you can, can see what we're up to every month. Yeah. So check that out. Check out our socials, of course. You know them by now at Try Not To Die Pod. Tell a friend about us. Leave Tell a review. A Please leave a review. There's like 70 of you listening every release day. So I would love if you are the person who tunes in every Tuesday to listen to Try Not to Die. Let us know. We love to read those reviews. We they just warm our hearts. really do. I mean, if this studio gave me a taste of love, I cannot wait <laughs> to see what else is out there. Uh, so once again, thank you for listening. Until next time, Try Not to Die. All hail our Eldritch patrons. Especially Anita, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Eclair, Elana, Emily, Jacob, James, Joey, Kate, Leo, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer Patty, Patrick Branstetter, and producer Daddies, Becca Mount, and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Till next time, try not to die.